Why don't we just turn to uh, Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, verse 22. Give me a yell when you've got it. Hey. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 17, verse, 20, verse 22. And it said, now, now Paul stood in the midst of Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things, and many things, you are very religious. For as I was passing through, as I was walking through the town, and as I was, as I was having a look around the place, as I was having a look around the city of, of, uh, of Athens, as I was having a look around the city of Hastings, as I was walking through this place, and I was, I was observing what was going, going on around me, and he says, I could see. I could see the objects of your worship. I could see objects of your worship. You've got to understand at this point of time in the city of Athens, um, at this time there was, uh, there, was two, there was two predominant powers in the atmosphere. There was a religious, uh, there, was, there was a lot of religion, and there was also a lot of idolatry. And uh, Athens was a place where they would, uh, in, in this place where, where, where different people would come together and they would discuss the issues of life. There was a, they, they would talk about and try and find and try and search the issues of life and try and find some sort of meaning. So there was lots of religion in the time. There was lots of, also lots of idolatry. Objects of your worship. Things that people would use or bow down to. And uh, I mean, tonight, I mean, I'm just going to move through this real quick, but um, I, just, I want you to, to, to really listen tonight because I know God wants to impact your life. God wants to, uh, he wants to touch you. And I, and I know God spoke to me just before. And uh, I, I mean, I just, I tell you, man, I just felt the presence of God. So I know he wants, I know he is here. I know he wants to speak to you tonight. So we're going to move through quickly, but, uh, but I want you to just to pay attention. And it's like, the place is full of religion. The place is full of idolatry. And, um, you know, in the nation of, uh, in Hawke's Bay, New Zealand today, we don't, I mean, we are, like, if you go down to the, um, the Hoa fish and chip shop down the road, you'll see a little, you'll see an object of worship. He's a little, little short fat man with a little trunk on his face. And it's an object of worship. We look at that and, oh, you're going to do it. But in many other places, you know, quite often we, we look at countries that, have, that are full of idolatry. That, man, we don't have idolatry. I tell you, man, even in Hawke's Bay, even in Hastings, New Zealand, idolatry is rife. Quite often we can't see it. Quite often our objects are not little short golden fat men with big trunks. <laughs> but many times our objects of worship could be our job, could be our career, could be our car, could be, and, 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 and in many places in the Western world today, one of the main objects of worship is ourselves. We worship ourselves. That is the guts of what um, atheism is about. And uh, there is, I am God. I mean, people won't often come out and say it directly, but people worship themselves, people live for themselves. I mean, 
Marketing companies know this. <laughs> they may not know it as we know it, but they know it. And they know that, see, see, friends, the thing is this, you and I, every person was born with a desire to worship. Worship was, uh, it's a built-in part of us. We were designed, we were built to worship something. We were built to worship the living God. That's how you and I were originally designed. And so people that are born into this world and, and don't know God, they, even though they don't know God, they still worship something. Everybody worships something. I saw your objects of your worship. And as I was passing through, I even saw, look at this, I even found an altar. And on this altar, on this place of sacrifice, it had these words, to the unknown God. And so even at this time back then, there was a, people, people had a sense, people had a sense that they, they, they knew that there was a God out there somewhere. They knew that there was a real God, but they just didn't know who he was. And even in society today, you look around, many people know that they are conscious. You ask somebody today if they believe in God, they'll say, many people will say yes. Ask many people if they go to church. No. Many people believe in God. Many people today in the world believe that there is something out there somewhere. And to them so far, it's unknown. And so we create these different uh, different things. Uh, I mean, some people create these little, these little golden things and, and uh, with little funny shapes and things like that, and they bow down to them. They'll, they'll create a shape in the image of what they perceive God to be. An object of worship. See, it talks about, uh, I, I walked past as I was walking through, I saw an altar. I saw a, I saw a place of sacrifice. I saw a place of worship. Now, many people today, it's like their place of, their place of worship could be their, maybe it's their own body. People uh, sacrifice, their, sacrifice their lives unknowingly in the pursuit of wealth. Wealth can be an idol. Social status can be an idol. And for many, many people, they have internal idols. Fear can be an idol. Rejection can be an idol. And so many times we, we build an altar of sacrifice and we sacrifice things that are very precious for these things that are either unreal or the demonic. And he says, um, and he says, I even saw this object, I even saw found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. So even back then, for thousands of years, people have been debating, people have been throwing things around, talking things around. Is there a God? What is he like? What is he to we, we know there is some higher being out there somewhere, but we just don't know. That's about all we know of God. He's a higher being somewhere. And so even back then, even today, people are still talking the same thing. I mean, you've got so many religions starting to, to rise up now. I mean, you've got, you got the Church of Elvis, you've got a cowboy church. Yeah. I mean, all these different religions popping up somewhere because you and I are designed to worship. And so Paul, he's, he's walking through the street and he's walking through this place and, he's, and he sees people, he, he, he looks into people, if he was here right now, he could look into our lives and say, there's an altar of worship. There's, a, there's an altar there. There is a, there's an object of worship tonight. But then he goes on to say this. 
Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing. Now, we were singing this. Where was, what was that first song we were playing? Was it the second song? Open up the gates and what? No, open up the gates and what, what was it? What were those words? Open up the gates and what? Let the. As I was singing that, I was, I was thinking, do I really understand what I'm singing? Open up the gates and let the King of Glory in. Man, can you imagine if that just happened right now, right here? All of a sudden, there was a, something just happened in the spirit and here, the King of Glory stepped in. <laughs> I don't know, what do you reckon, Ian? I think some, people, some of us might be running out that door. Some of us will be on our faces. Therefore, the one that you worship without knowing, or the one that you, you, you worship ignorantly, tonight, do we really understand who we're worshiping? Do we really understand what is in our life? What, is, what altars of worship are, are in our lives right now? Maybe that altar in our life, maybe that object of worship is ourselves. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's the pursuit of, of uh, money. Maybe it's the pursuit of, of fame. Maybe it's the pursuit of something else. Maybe it is God. Maybe you... We're here tonight and we're we're worshipping God, but do you really understand who we're worshipping? Therefore, the one whom you worship, in verse 23, without knowing him today, I proclaim to you. See, that one of the greatest needs in our community today, they need to know that there is a God who's alive and who's real. They need to know that there is a God out there that you can have a relationship with. This one that you worship, this 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 being that you that you perceive to be out there, that you uh, that you are, that, that there's a longing inside of your life to, to to touch or to experience him tonight. I want to talk to you about him. Many people in our community tonight need to know that God that you that you can picture out there somewhere tonight, today, this very year, you can impact, you can encounter him. How can you, how do I know that? Because I know him. I don't know him because I've read about him in a magazine somewhere. I don't know him because somebody else told me about him. I know him because he's touched my life. This God tonight, I proclaim to you. So you and I, first of all, the most highest priority in our lives, we need to encounter God. We need to know God, not just know about God. We need to know who he is. If we don't know who he is, how can we then impact our community? How can we change our world when the only person that can change our world is God? How can we change our world without even knowing God? Tonight, he wants to touch your life. Tonight, his presence is here right now. And and to Paul, he's saying to him, I proclaim to you. Let's talk about God. He goes on to say, let's talk about God. God. Everybody say God. God. One more time. Big voice. God. God. God who made, in, in verse 24, God who made the, head, the world and everything in it. God who made the world and everything in it. 
Just think about that. God who made the world and everything in it. Since He is Lord of heaven and earth. He is Lord of heaven and earth. So the thing is, it doesn't matter what's happening in the heavens. It doesn't matter what's happening here on earth. God is Lord over heaven and earth. So you've got to understand, it doesn't matter if there's tribulations going on in the world. It doesn't matter if people are talking about war. It doesn't matter if people are talking about uh, this or that or, or gloom and doom. It, it, it doesn't matter about that because I'm not really worried because I know God and I know that God, He is Lord over heaven and earth. So it doesn't matter what's going on in the heavens. It doesn't matter what's going on on the earth. It doesn't matter what I'm going through because I know that God is always going to be Lord of heaven and earth and nothing can ever change that. And when you get a revelation of that, when you get an understanding of that, friend, it will change your life. He is Lord of heaven and earth. He does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. Since he gives life, He gives life. He gives breath in all things. He's not worship. He doesn't need anything. You look at the beginning of the Bible and it says, in the beginning, God. In the end, God. God said, let there be, and there was. Think about that for a minute. God, He, he doesn't... He, he desires us, but He doesn't need us. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your gold. He wants your heart. Because He knows if He's got your heart, well, the money's just the... When this, the Bible talks about the heavens. The streets are paved with gold. Tonight, we're going to understand who God is. See, God, he, he, many times I believe that we try and bring God into a box. We try and put him down and, and try and fit him into our world. But I believe that God wants to lift you and I up into a place where we're seated with him. God, we want to come up to you. Like in John had the revelation in, in, in uh, Revelation chapter 4. He said, I look, when I was in persecution, he said, I looked, I heard a voice up in the heavens, and that voice said, come up here, I want to show you some things. Tonight, God is calling you up. He wants to show you some things tonight. And it goes on in verse 26. And he is made from one blood, every nation of men, to dwell on the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Friends, you've got to understand this. You are not an accident in this world today. God doesn't make accidents. God doesn't make mistakes. Since from one blood, He has made all peoples. So there's no race that is superior to the other because we all came from one blood. And he goes on to say that. He goes, and he's, pre he's determined their pre-appointed times. Friend, you've got to understand, and, and the boundaries of their dwellings. Friend, you've got to understand this, 
that your timing here in this place today, your timing, the, the fact that you are in Hawke's Bay, that you live in Hastings, or maybe you live in somewhere else, but the fact that you, that you, are, that you are born in the season that you were born in, the born that you're in the year and the time that you were born in, and that you live in the place that you live in, it's not an accident, it wasn't by chance. It's all been planned by God. So don't think, oh, I wish I could be living back there in that time, or I wish I could be alive down there. I wish I could be 20 years younger, or I wish I could be 10 years older, or anything like that. Friend, that is... No, 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 that's outside the purpose of God. That is outside the plan of God. The Bible says that He has predetermined your days on this earth. See, He is... He is pre, uh, predetermined that you would be here today. He knew that you would be here tonight. He knew that you would be in the school that you're in. He knew that you would be in the workplace that you're in. He knew that you would be the color that you are. He knew that you would be the shape that you are. He knew that you would have the life that you've lived until this point. But he also knows your future. See, friend, tonight you're going to understand that you are created with a purpose. God. God. Awesome. Verse 27, it says, the end of uh, uh, 26, and it's determined that their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings, that they should seek the Lord. Everybody say, seek the Lord. And the, height, and the hope that they may grope for him and find him. Everybody say, find him. Should seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Find him. One more time. Seek the Lord and find him. Tonight, you need to find God. Tonight, is, he's here. That you, he can, you can find him tonight. You can find him tonight. Maybe tonight. You've just heard about God. You've just heard about this God. Friend, tonight, you can find him. Tonight, your eyes can be opened and you can experience him. You can meet him tonight. That they should seek the Lord and find him. Though he is not far from each one of us. Everybody say, not far from each one of us. Friend, tonight, you've got to understand that he is closer to you than you think. So many times we, we look up and we look out, looking, searching, groping the, uh, the atmosphere, trying to find something, but not understanding that he is not a God that is way, way out there, that is untouchable, that sits in the heavens, that no one can approach him. He is not far from each one of us. So there's not one person in this place right now. There's not one person in your school. There is not one person in your community. There is not one person in your workplace that God is not far from. He is much, much closer than you think. Let's find out how close. <laughs> he is not far from each one of us. In verse 28, for in him, everybody say in him. For in him, in him, in Christ, in God, in him. What do we mean by in him? 
It's when you meet him, when you find for him, when you look for him, when you search for him, and you open up your heart, you will find him. And then in him, when you have found him, when you get in him, you'll see something else. It says, in him we live. In him we live. In him we live. Now there's two contexts of this, and I'm just gonna we're just gonna move this real quick. In him we live. First of all, God is the source of all life. The very breath that you take right now is provided by him. Every heartbeat, every little beat of that heart is powered by him. He determines the beating of our heart. He determines the sucking in and the blowing out of our breath. Not just for Christian people. For every living thing, for every plant, for every animal, from every person, whether they know him or whether they don't know him, he still gives life. For in him, we live. So first concept we're talking about is the the natural life. Everything, all sorts of life, all life comes from him. He is life. He is the giver of life. He is the, the source. He is the, I don't know what other word to say it, but he is the giver of life. So many people can, can debate the origin of life or the meaning of life. Many people can tell you how a tree grows or how a body grows or how this happens, but not many people can tell you why it happens. Simply, God gives it the life. He is in the very essence of our being. In Him we live. In Him we live. The second uh, part of this is in Him we live. Friends, uh, God is not just wanting you to to live naturally, but, but when you find Him, when you seek for Him, and when you find Him, and when you ask Him into your life, what happens is you become born again. And then you find a whole new life that you've never could imagine before. In Him, we live. You can be alive here today, but you're dead on the inside. Tonight, friend, you can find Him and you can go from a place of death spiritually into a place of life. In Him. In Him, in Christ Jesus. The one who heals and saves. The one who cleanses and delivers. In Him, you can find life. See, God has gifted each and every one of us with many, many talents. God has put talents. God has put, I mean, the the building blocks of our body is called DNA. But there's also, uh, there's a a natural DNA, but there's a God DNA as well. In other words, God has got appointed times where, where something will happen in your life that will cause you to become alive. Friends, if you think that you're alive right now, see, many of you are here, are very, very gifted. Maybe you're here, maybe you're a very gifted businessman. Maybe you've, you, you've made, a, made a lot of money, but you're not alive. There's still emptiness inside of your life. Maybe you're the best looking guy or the best looking girl. Maybe you've got the flashiest car or, or whatever, and uh, you're cool, but you're still dead on the inside. Friends, when you, 
There comes a, a, a time inside of your life where, where, where God's purpose for your life, where you've been walking and when you've been walking in your giftings and, and the gifting is that God that God has placed inside of your life, when you and those giftings that God has placed inside of your life, when you encounter God with those giftings, you become born again. You will discover your you will come alive. Tonight, there's many people here tonight. You're alive physically, but you're, but you're dead spiritually. Tonight, you need to encounter God. You need to find God tonight. If you are hungry, if you look for Him, you will find Him. For in Him, we live. In Him. Everybody say, in Him. In Him, we move. Everybody say, in Him, we move. In Him, we move. In Him, we, we, we sit. It doesn't sit right. In Him, we move. See, God has got a, a plan for our life, and it's not that plan is not that you would just sit there and do nothing. God has got a plan that you would move, that your life would walk, that you would walk in His purposes, that you would walk in His plans, that you would that something would move inside of your life. For some of you, you've never seen any movement inside of your life. I mean, your physical movement, but I mean, spiritually, you're, you're dead. There's no movement. You're just lame. But tonight, if you find Him, when you find Him, you can move. What does it mean to move? In Him, we live and move. To move means to discover and walk in His, discover and walk in His purpose for our life. To fulfill His purposes. What is that purpose? That His kingdom would continue, continue to advance until it's filled the whole earth. Friends, that is what the mandate that God gave Adam originally. God gave uh, man the mandate. He put man in the Garden of Eden and said, fill the whole earth. Fill the whole earth with what? With people, with animals, yeah, that's one thing. But it's more than that. Fill the whole place, fill. I want the earth filled with the kingdom of God so that the whole earth will sound, the whole earth would resonate with the presence of God. Friends, that is why he has predestined your time. That is why he has pre-appointed the, the, the place of your boundaries, the place where you live. That is why he's gifted you the way he has gifted you. That is why you are here tonight, that you would fulfill God's purpose for your, his, your life. They would walk and they would extend his kingdom so that this place would be a different place. And that God would be all in all. Just to Matthew chapter 13, just quickly turn there. I'm not far from finishing. Matthew 13, verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field for which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, when he goes and buys all that he has, he sells all that he has to buy that field. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Friend, God's purpose for your life, God's promises for your life, the kingdom of heaven it's like a treasure hidden in the field. You've got to understand this. One thing is very, very simple. It's not hidden from you. <laughs> it's not hidden from you so you can't find it, that it's going to be an absolute mission for you to try and find it. It's, it, it's not like that at all. It's not hidden from you. God is not wanting to withhold. He's hidden it for you. So that when you encounter Him, that when you search, 
that when you start to hunger for him and look for him, you will find him. And when you find him, it will so much transform your life that absolutely nothing else will ever compare to that. That is why it is like a man who finds a, a, a treasure hidden in the field. He sells everything he has to go and buy that field. Friend, when you encounter God, when you find him, nothing else, nothing else will even come close. When you discover when you come alive in him, when you discover his plans and purposes for your life, when you find that treasure, it is something that the world will never, ever, ever be able to match. In him, we live. In him, we move. Last one, in him, we have our being. Friend, the other thing that God, when you find God, and in God, you find identity. In God, you find value. The other week, I preached about... Um, about the value of people. See, when God created man, the Bible says he breathed into man, that the breath of God came into man. In other words, there is, a, there is a, a, an intrinsic value that comes in, that is already inside each one of us. So many people you find, young people tonight, you're finding your, your identity, you're finding your value, you're trying to find a significance in, in the things of the world. For some of you, you try and find it in... Um, and material things. For some of you, you'll try and find your value through your mates. Friend, there's two value systems. There's the value system of the world, the value system of God. The value system of the world has two levels. It's a, 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 your social status and your sexual status. They're both external things. And when you try and find your value through things that are external, through how you look or what you have or what you don't have, or the type of people that you associate with, when you try and find your value that way, that is sandy ground. But when you find God, when you look for Him, when you find Him, and you come into a relationship with Him, you'll understand that there is a value that He has placed upon your life, that you have an intrinsic value that the world didn't even put there, and the world cannot take it away. You have an intrinsic value. When you find God, when you look for Him and you find Him, God will, you'll find your identity, you'll find your value in there. For in Him we live. For in Him we move. For in Him we have our being. Just quickly turn over to um, Philippians chapter 3. We're going to wrap this up. Here Paul talks about being all for Christ. Everybody say all for Christ. Chapter 3, verse 3, he says, Have no confidence in the flesh. In other words, don't put trust, don't put value on things that are external. Don't put your confidence in the things of the world. Don't put your confidence in the, the trends or the values of the world. Why? Because it will let you down. It always changes, but the value that God puts upon our lives, it never, ever changes. The value of the Word of God, when you build your life on this, this here never, ever changes. When you build your life on this, when you establish your life around this, you can be sure that you will not fall. 
Psalm 119, verse 165. Blessed are those that love your word. Nothing shall offend them and nothing shall cause them to stumble. When you place your value, when you place your identity, when you build your life on this and the principles in here, you will not fail. You will not fall. But if you do decide that you want to go the way of the world, that's sandy ground. Have no confidence in the flesh. So if you, he goes on to say, if you guys want to put confidence in the flesh, if you think value comes through the flesh, then man, I've got every reason to boast because, man, I've got this. He, he talks about, I was, uh, I was of the right tribe, I was of the right colour, I was of, um, man, I was passionate, I had zeal, and all these different things. But in verse 7 he says, but what things of the earth were gained to me? The things of the world that look like they propped me up and, and elevated my social status. It says here, I have counted loss for Christ. In other words, everything that the world can offer, it's got no show against just the knowing of Christ. What these, these things that were gained to me, these things I have counted lost. In verse 8, yes, yet indeed I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I had suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. Or the other version says that I may win Christ. Everybody say win Christ. In verse 9, I've counted these things there's rubbish that I may win Christ and be found in Him. Everybody say, be found in Him. Be found in Christ. Be found in Christ Jesus. In verse 10, that I may know Him. Everybody say, know Him. I said again, that I may know Him. One more time, that I may know Him. That I may know Him. Who's Him? This is Jesus Christ, the living God, the creator of heavens and earth. That I may know him, not just know about him, but I know him. And in the power of his resurrection. Everybody say the power. It doesn't sound very powerful. That I may know him. Everybody say know him. And the power of his resurrection. Tonight, young people, tonight, church, we need to be found in Him. In Him we live. In Him we move. In Him we have our being. Friend, all things come from Him. Tonight, who is this Him? It's Jesus Christ. His presence is here right now, and He wants to touch your life. It is the King of glory that I may be found in him. You know, there's going to come a time, friends, that somebody's going to come a-looking. <laughs> there's going to be a time, friends, that one day we all stand before Christ. That one day that Christ Jesus will come again. Jesus Christ will come again. And when Jesus Christ comes again, I want to be found in Him.
if my life was to be taken from me tonight and I was to step into eternity, I want to be found in Him. I don't want to be found in church. I want to be found in Him. I don't want to be found... Somebody told me all about you and I've been meaning to invite you in my life, but I never got around to it. Sorry, Jesus. It's too late. Tonight, right now, let's find ourselves in Him.